You just have to get into a job and drive on. I can get distracted by the opposition saying this, that, and the other, but I know I'm, I'm actually doing a better job than even what they're looking for. Hi, Sean, how are you? Paul, good to see you. Uh, thanks everything for joining us. Uh, I should give you your formal introduction. I was looking at your uh, at your Twitter earlier, and the first three words were "proud to serve Leash," uh, and and I know you are a long long serving member of the Dáil uh, for your constituency. But of course, you've just been appointed uh, recently as the Minister of State in the Department of Finance, and I suppose that's really what we want to talk to you about because the issue of insurance uh, is in your area of responsibility but it's something that you and I and many other Fianna Fáil TDs would have come across when, in op when we we're in opposition. Uh, a lot of community groups coming to us about the cost of insurance for them, young drivers, taxi drivers. Uh, so it's something that really impacts a lot of people, Sean, isn't it? Absolutely. And Paul, I want to thank you for arranging this interview. First thing I have to say is I was appointed Minister of State in the Department of Finance last July. I cover insurance, which is a very busy area. Also, I cover credit unions and the financial services centre as well. But insurance is the main issue we're talking about today. So when I came into the office, um, it was very important that we have a focus on insurance. Everybody in Ireland has known there's been an issue with insurance in the last couple of years. The price of insurance, the availability of insurance and the difficulty some people had getting insurance. And a lot of people felt the insurance companies were ripping them off in terms of prices. So it was an issue as not just affecting communities and house owners for house insurance and everybody who drives a, a car or a vehicle in the country, but it affected businesses as well public liability and employer's liability, anybody who was running a shop or restaurant or a cafe, somebody was slipping or tripping, you know, they were claiming whiplash and that was adding to the cost of the business. So a lot of business people have said it's been a very difficult cost and an unfair cost on them to ha have to cover. So the government has set up a, a, a subgroup to the cabinet to deal with insurance. I'm heading that subgroup. There's other senior ministers on the group but I'm the designated person to go to an insurance in the government because insurance is a regulated industry by the central bank and that comes under the Department of Finance. Other senior ministers are involved, but the work comes to me and that's yeah. fine. So, and, and Sean, with such a big area like, like that insurance, like I suppose everyone knows what the problem is, but trying to identify the solution is, is the difficult bit, isn't it? So where did you start? And the, the, the first place I started was I met the chief executives of all the insurance companies. I met all the people in the insurance sector who were having problems with the sector, um, Alliance for Insurance Reform, groups involved in playgrounds and sporting activities, vintners, hoteliers, everybody who had difficulties with claims on their business. So I probably spent the first couple of months meeting everybody to gather information because I like information before I make a decision. But one thing that came up very quickly was there were, there were proposals already from previous legislation that the Judicial Council would look at the costs of claims. Now, they weren't scheduled by law to issue their proposals until the end of October this coming year. I wasn't happy with sitting around for 12 months waiting for this report, so I would have spoken with the Attorney General. Uh, they had difficulties with COVID meeting some of their targets internally, and we took the opportunity to say, um, we will assist you providing we can shorten the timescale for you to report. We changed the law to bring it forward to this summer and they knew we were under pressure, the Judicial Council did, and they brought forward their proposals in the first week 
of March, which was eight months ahead of schedule. Well, so that was really, it's the one section of government that's ahead of schedule. So since March, to be very brief, we, we brought those guidelines through, the Dáil and the Shannon before, Chris, before Easter, and they have legal effect, they're in force since the 24th of April, about 10 days ago at this stage. So we're eight months ahead of schedule, and it's really going to have a big impact on the moment. And I've met all the insurance companies since they came, those guidelines came out, asking them to honour their commitments to reduce the cost of premiums because the cost of claims will now be going down. So, Sean, for, for, for someone that doesn't know what the Judicial Council is or why we need to involve them, like, what, ben, what will the benefit of the guidelines be? Okay, very, very simple. Up to now, the government has a body called the Personal Injuries Assessment Board, where most claims went to. So, and some people then were advised by the solicitor, let's go to court and you get more. They didn't always get more, but they might have got a little bit more. But the Judicial Council is the 160 judges in all of Ireland, District Court, Circuit Court, High Court and Supreme Court. So all the judges came together and said, the cases that come before us in future, this is what we're going to give if they come to court. So we are now saying, if they get settled by negotiation, there's no need for them to go to court at all, because people, why waste your time going to court if you've already settled through the injuries board, because those cases and those costs of now and the cost of those claims have already been decided by the judges. So we hope that will stop a lot of claims going to court, reduce legal costs, and on average, they reduce the cost of claims by 50%. Whiplash was the most common one. Serious injuries weren't in touch. If somebody has a lifelong injury after an accident, they have to be looked after. But there are lots of small claims that people are getting 20,000 in Ireland, that in other countries they're getting a fraction of that. And John, like I suppose 15 years ago when, when Fianna Fáil were last in government, we introduced the, the Personal Injuries Assessment Board and that did have a, a massive impact. I think over the term there was nearly a 200% decrease. Is that what you're hoping to see again, that you'll see that reduction in premiums as a result of these, these changes? Absolutely. And PIAB did a fantastic job, everybody says, for a few years on the legal profession, started bypassing PIAB and going to the courts. And what we've been at now is to try and pull the cases back to PIAB and the judges have now helped us do that by setting the rates that PIA can set. And our colleague, Minister of State, Robert Try, is actually currently uh, undertaking a uh, consultation process on PIAB. And we might have legislation for PIAB in the autumn, the copper fast and everything we're doing. And that's in Robert Try's department. That and anyway. and that's to prevent that slippage back into the, the legal sphere that happened before, Sean. Absolutely. And it worked the last time. It slipped then for a number of years. And we want to haul it back. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think that's what I think people really want to know is that it will in, in, uh, reduce their premium. I, I presume that the real fear we have is, is that we make these changes, we reduce the cost for insurance companies, but they don't reduce the, the, the premium. So, so what has the reaction been from the insurance sector, Sean, and will, they, will mm -hmm. they reduce it? Okay, so it's important people might know this. Every insurance company in Ireland are foreign global companies. You know the names of them all. You know, I think the dubs see the name of one of them on all the jerseys and yeah, yeah. they're all over the they're all over the place. Seven, seven, one seven years in a row, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'll go away with that. We'd love to get the Crow Park sometime. But, you know. but anyway, um the, the FPD is the only Irish company. So we are dependent on foreign multinational companies uh, to write insurance here in Ireland because we have Quinn Insurance and Irish insurance companies going bust over the years. So they have given a commitment that they will reduce because they're here to make a percentage of profit or otherwise they wouldn't be here. And if their costs go down, um, you know, they, 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 they don't have to charge as much. 
and they're happy to do that once they maintain a reasonable profit here. They'll make about 10% uh, profit, which I think any shopkeeper would want to make 10% um, profit if he was in the business for a year. And I think, you know, uh, uh, that's not unreasonable to keep them here, but they now have a bit of certainty. They all complain they could never predict what the cost of claims were going to be. They now know what it's going to be and they can plan with a bit of certainty and that's going to be a big help. And I presume having the, Mac, the most operators in the market is also a good thing in terms of competition, Sean. Yeah, we only have about 10 major insurance companies in Ireland, but lots of smaller ones. And 10 is not a bad number, but we want all of the 10 to be in all areas. Some of them don't do young drivers. Some of them are very good at doing young drivers. Some do house insurance. Some won't do hotels and restaurants insurance. Others specialize in that area. So I would like more of them actually to cover more areas of insurance and have a bit more competition between the 10 that are here. I've met with the IDA about trying to get more uh, insurance companies in Ireland and those talks are ongoing as well. Because we would love to get one or two extra insurance companies in here just to keep them all under toast. Yeah, because I, I was going to actually raise that. I know myself and many other uh, TDs across the country uh, often get uh, complaints from, let's say, motorcycle drivers or taxi drivers because there, well, there might be 10 or so big players in the market. There might only be one operator providing uh, a service for them. And so effectively, that insurance company uh, doesn't have a monopoly in, in, in legal terms, but they're not far off because they might be the only ones offering it. And I think that's, that's a big area of concern. It is a big area. It is a big area in the area of uh, playgrounds. And I'm now told it's an area of people who are involved in martial sports. It's a big problem. The one company that was doing it here, or a UK company, and we have to see as a result of Brexit, when COVID lifts, will they reopen their policy? So that's an issue I have to deal with a minister to make sure there's one or two in every area. Like the playgrounds situation, we had only one at one stage over a year ago. We have two now. Bit of competition, but I'd like to see three or four. And that's, you can encourage more to come into the business if to know what the level of awards are going to be, because they can plan. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you, Sean. You sort of hit the ground running. You've brought the report forward uh, by, by nearly eight months. We've got the changes in the Judicial Council and the insurance companies predict that that will redu reduce premium, right? But if you listen to some opposition parties, you think we had done nothing in, in insurance, right? And, mm. and I, I, I wonder just if we could talk a little bit about... Uh, there was a dull, dull motion around differential pricing, uh, but it was sort of painted to be about everything in insurance and it, the, on social media, people were saying it was delayed for six months. So can you tell us what really happened there? <clears throat> okay. Um, a piece of legislation was brought in by the opposition to ban what they call differential pricing. And that means, you, <clears throat> that means if they're offering somebody a price, it must be strictly based on the cost of servicing that customer. Sounds reasonable. And yes, older people, are actually paying too much because they're with the same company 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they just send a check back every year. So the first message I have to everybody who gets an insurance policy, make a phone call to the company and make a phone call to another company and inevitably you will get a reduction. If you don't want to make a phone call and you want to pay the extra price, that's your own affair. I can't force you to make the phone call, but I hear of nobody who doesn't get a reduction if they make an effort. Um, this thing though, of setting a price, a standard price for every policy maker and every policy holder sounds good, but there's a lot of disadvantages in it. It does mean a new entrant into the field can't offer a discount uh, to build up market share in competition. 
It also means there's ads on the television this weekend that if you are a young driver and you go with a particular company, if you go online, you'll get 20% discount by going online rather than into their office and filling up dozens of sheets of paper because it's cheaper for everybody. Dual pricing has been proposed in the doll by the opposite, but even ban those young people getting a discount. Because if, if you ban people being charged too much, you're also banning people being charged too little. So discounts would be made illegal. And I always give the example, this issue of banning discounts. It means if you or I go into Dunn stores at the weekend and we spend 50 euro, we get a 10 euro voucher off of next week's shopping. And you go in, you spend 50 euro next week, you give the voucher, you get it for 40. That's dual pricing. I'm getting a different price than the guy behind me without the voucher. So you can't just unilaterally abolish all dual pricing because you abolish everybody that ever gives a discount in a business. However, we are going to deal with that legislation in the autumn and we will pick the good bits out of the legislation, but the, 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 the elements of the legislation that would do more harm than good, we'll have to deal with that as well. But we are going to deal with the issue and we'll deal with it in a better way than the simple headline that was put out by the opposition. And so if we had passed that legislation, Sean, we would have actually, in some cases, abolished discounts on insurance um, rather than, than, than doing what, what, what the opposition said it might have, might have done lowered across it, the board. It, it, it might have reduced the price for some people, but it would have increased the price for others, but they never yeah. said that. So yeah. I want to, it's more complex, good idea, but more complex than people think. And no other country has done it. And the opposition have said England are thinking about doing it. They're thinking about it for the last five years. They've never done it. No country in Europe has done that simplistic thing that the opposition asked for, because uh, it would be bad for consumers. But we'll cherry pick the good bits out of that and make them better. And is that what you're going to use the six months to do, Sean, obviously, to, to, to cherry pick those good, good bits? And I know there's a, there's a report on insurance as well uh, that, that the government has obviously done. There's yeah. other elements in there too. Yeah. No, well, the, the reason we held off is the central bank is examining that exact issue yeah. that we were talking about on dual price, and they will have a report published in July. And we always said, we have to see the statistics and the facts before we pass law. We will have that information from the central bank, and it means the law that we will pass. It won't be passed on a whim or a suggestion. It'll be passed on the evidence that the central bank will produce, and that report is due this autumn as well. Excellent. Okay. And so it's a case of actually looking for other ways that we can reduce premium uh, while we're, while we're taking on that issue of the dual pricing. Yeah, but the dual pricing is only one, one aspect of it. Yeah. And what I will say is personal injury guidelines is a major issue. We have an office to promote competition, which I chair here about getting more competition between the insurance companies and new companies in. The promotion of competition is very important. Another thing that is going to help reduce prices is the reform of PIAB, which will happen in the autumn. That legislation will come in in the autumn. Then we have the situation there's anybody who slips or trips in the local shop, news agent or coffee shop, and they sue the owner, they always get money. But if somebody is stupid enough not to look at where they're going, you know, you, the proprietor of the shop shouldn't have to pay for that. So we are going to bring in a duty of care. People have to look where they're walking. Another thing we're going to do, and believe it or not, we're completing this. Um, perjury is, was not, never a statutory offence in Ireland. We all knew it was wrong, but there's no law in Ireland saying that. So we're getting that finalised as well. And, and that, that would help. prevent people going up on a case and, and actually lying effectively to the court to try and get a, a, a claim. Yeah, because there was actually no piece of legislation in Ireland outlawing that at the moment. That's happening now this year. 
and that will strengthen the Garda Shikana's hand going after people when they know they're fraudulent cases. And then another point I do want to uh, also talk about is I have to look at the uninsured drivers. Listen to this. As we sit here today and the people listening to this video, there are 165,000 uninsured drivers on our roads today. How many? 165,000 uninsured drivers on our roads today. 7% of all cars on the road have from proper insurance. There might be um, no insurance or there might be insurance on the car, but the person driving it is not covered to drive that car. Yeah. So that means if any of that 7% have an accident, that is, goes to the Motor Insurance Bureau to cover the cost, which amounts to a levy on every properly insured. Because we're all funding that bureau. Yeah. So in fact, I've discovered in this job, we all talk about the fraudulent cases and we hear about them. But the uninsured driver is costing every motor insurance policy in Ireland 30 euro every year to cover the cost of those drivers who are uninsured. Yes, it's a big job to get them off the road. The guards have a big role to play. Ultimately, they'll, they'll have to have the mobile phone that the minute they see a number plate, they'll know the car and they'll know every insured driver on that car. They, they, and they've been testing that in some regions at the moment. Bit of work to go on that yet. But I think if we could get that 7% um, down to 1%, which would be the European average, it would be a big help. And that 30 euro we're all paying for those guys who shouldn't be on the road would be a big help as well. Well, it certainly is a, a big job, Sean, but you seem to be chipping away at it. Uh, I'd say after uh, serving as a TD and raising many of these this issues, you're relishing being in a position uh, to actually deliver in, in a department where you, can't, where you can't deliver. I'd say that's very satisfying from your own perspective. It is satisfying, and, and what, I, what I think, we, you just have to get into a job and drive on. I can get distracted by the opposition saying this, that, and the other, but I know I'm, I'm actually doing a better job than even what they're looking for. Anything they suggest, I'm actually ahead of them, and I'm actually doing it better, and I have no doubt <clears throat> people are seeing there's a bit of momentum on the insurance issue now. Of course, people will complain my car insurance went up 50 euro from last year. <coughs> Make the phone call. If you don't make the phone call, you're a sucker. Simple as, you know, and make the phone call. And older people, a son or a daughter, a niece or a nephew can, can, can help out in those cases if somebody says, I don't want to, to check it up online or see what price I can get. Do all that. So, um, look and, at- you know, Sean, I, I actually think, I actually think, like myself, like I suppose when you're in opposition, you're raising the issues. But now the Fianna Fáil are back in government after 10 years, we're getting the opportunity to tackle some of those. And whether it's yourself or insurance, whether it's James Brown on antisocial behaviour and scrambler bikes, whether it's Anne Rabbit reducing waiting lists, uh, like th that's why we're in politics is to get some of this stuff done. And even with, with the distraction of COVID, we've been able to make small gains in the programme for governments. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a fantastic... We've been able to talk about 20 minutes without mentioning the COVID word. Yeah, and yeah. it does mean... I, re I ruined the job. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I am saying, it's not great. There's a job of work to be done, yeah. COVID or no COVID. And we're doing the job, but it will take time. And uh, I think people will see the benefits yeah. of being a falling government. Well, well, the very best of luck with, with that, John, and with all the other areas under your brief. And thanks for joining the podcast today. Okay, the last comment I want to say to everybody listening is that you have an outstanding TD in Paul McAuliffe there. Uh, before he blushes and starts smiling, he's been a very hard worker. I go back a number of years ago um, when I was chairing a session at the Ardesh, long before the last election, and Paul came in and I listened to him and it was about anti-social behavior. I said, he's going to be in the door after the next election. 
Yes, he is. And he's working hard for the people in the area. Thanks a million, Look, Sean, you're blessed to have him. Thanks a million, Sean. I appreciate that. We'll keep working together. Thanks a million. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in uh, for what was another episode of our podcast. If you have ideas about topics you want us to cover, drop me an email and we'll see you all again soon.